0: Welcome to It's My Pleasure, the podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories and practical mindfulness based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five, Making a Long Time Lover New Again. And if you're listening to this episode on the day that it's released, Happy Valentine's Day, lovers out there all over the world. I think that this is so ironic that this episode is getting released on Valentine's Day because today, February 14th, 2019, is actually my 16-year anniversary with my lover boy. And it's not our marriage anniversary, but it is the anniversary of when we first got together 16 years ago. And it's just so perfect that this is about making a a long-time lover new again, because that is a practice when you're in a long-term relationship, right? It's continuing to bring like a freshness and a newness to whether you're married or partnered or anything like that. And I do want to let you know, it doesn't really matter how long you've been together with your person. Making a long-time lover new again, long time could be six months to you. Long time could be 16 years. Long time could be 46 years. This is always a continuous practice of meeting your person with a newness and freshness so you can get that, keep that love and that hot desire for each other alive. So, What I want to talk about in this episode, you know, I think this comes up a lot, whether it's with my clients or just with my friends, is how do we keep that fire burning for our person. How do we stay in it for the long time and still like look forward to sexy time? Like look forward to our person, maybe how we did the first time, right? Like how how we were able to when we first got together. And I want to say here, you know, I'm not really supposed to talk about too much about my personal life on this podcast, but After 16 years, I honestly can say that it's never been hotter between me and my guy. And I do feel like, you know, definitely when we first started dating back in college, that, you know, that was also really hot but it in a different way you know because there's things that you grow and you learn with somebody and it doesn't have to detract away from being able to have mind-blowing sex with that person and that's really what i want to talk about on this episode is that if you want to have mind-blowing sex In your marriage, well, then you just need to decide that's a priority to you and you want to make it happen. In fact, there was this research done by John Gottman. He's a leading psychologist in research in marriage and divorce prediction. And I'm sure you probably have heard of him like the Gottman Institute. And he showed that couples over the age of 45 that reported having wonderful sex lives were couples that made sex a priority in their relationship. So even getting clear about why you want this to be part of your marriage is really important. And I encourage you to ask yourself, why do I want a delicious and healthy sex life with my partner? And I hope that after listening to this episode and this podcast in general, you'll have a lot of reasons why pleasure is so important and why finding pleasure with your partner and in sexual connection and intimacy with your person is really beneficial not only for your relationship but for you as a whole and healthy human being. So let this be an opportunity for you to do some self-inquiry into why is this really important for me? Why do I want to make this a part of my marriage and a part of my life? And Begin to think about the impact that it's going to have on you long-term to choose to make healthy sex life and a wonderful sex life important to you, important to your partner, what effect that might have on your family long-term, what effect that's going to have on your relationship long-term, and especially the effect that that would have and the impact that that's going to have on you as a woman to have that a part of her life. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about is desire, and there's a lot that I could chat about desire, and I will definitely do that on you know many episodes. Desire is a huge part of a healthy sex life, right? But what I want to talk about here is not necessarily all the scientific explanations and the studies and yada, 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 but just to break it down in a very simple idea of desire and where that comes from and how you can get some more of wanting, it, like more of it, like really wanting your person, right? Like being eager to come home and to have sex with your person again. Because I know for so many women that I talk to, that's just not the case right now. And lastly, I want to share with you a concept that I've adapted from my mindfulness and my Buddhist trainings about the beginner's mind and how you can literally have a first kiss every single time with a longtime lover. I promise it's not impossible. Okay, so let's start with the definition of desire. I look this up on the internet because that's where you find definitions. I don't really have like a dictionary at home. And what the internet said was desire is a longing or craving as for something that brings satisfaction or enjoyment. A longing or a craving for something that brings satisfaction and enjoyment. Now notice even in this definition of desire there are very there's two very different explanations right one is that wanting that deep craving like that come hither you sexy beast and the other is more about the connection and the actual enjoyment and wanting and enjoying are two very different things they're even very different in the brain And I hope to give you a brief insight into both of these, how maybe you can want or long for your longtime lover again, for your person, and also how you can enjoy them. Because the more that you enjoy them, the more pleasure that you have when you connect, then that is going to have an effect on longing and desiring them again and again and again, year after year after year. So many of my clients that I've worked with as well as myself and many of my friends have a conversation that's kind of like, uh, I just wish it was like when we were first dating. It's like I literally couldn't get enough when I was younger. And then it's like, I know, what happened? It's like we're boring roommates. And sometimes when he kisses me, I'm like, ew, no, that's the last thing I want right now. Get away. Or I'm just so exhausted. Like sex sounds like such a chore right now. Like, can I just like roll over and just, you know, moan a little bit? Is that okay? (laughs) Right? Or I literally heard this once. I literally have no sex drive. Pretty sure that got pushed out of my vag along with my baby. So wherever you're at on this, just recognize that After a while, that like desire, that longing, that eagerness, that hunger you kind of had for your person may diminish, and that's totally normal. So, where exactly does desire come from, and how can we create more of it? Any guesses? Yeah, the mind, right? The mind is what is creating desire. Now, I liked when I was getting ready to do this episode, I really wanted to put myself back to like when I first started dating my husband. And when I think back to that, when I was in college, I really desired him. Like every single day, I just felt like this longing in my loins for him. And I could hardly wait until after class would be out when we would rendezvous back at my cozy cottage. And I had imagined greeting him with a kiss. And I could almost like feel his hands gripping my waist and just pulling me towards him. Do you guys remember that feeling, right? Like it was like minutes apart and it could feel like days because you just craved this person at such a deep level. Yeah, that was really hot. Anyway, it's getting me hot right now. Now, what is interesting to reflect on here is what was actually happening was that my mental space, right? We talked about this before, like your mental activities was being filled by him. It was being filled by us. And as we've chatted about in many of these episodes, there's so many mental activities during each day dedicated to a lot of things. But during this time, a lot of my mental activities was dedicated to this intimacy that I had with him and this connection. He was on my mind. We were on my mind connection was literally on my mind. Pleasure was filling my mind space. And I was incentivized to connect with this person because of the enjoyment and the satisfaction I got when we meshed, right? So my mind would replay like steamy sessions or fantasize about what might be and just playing with the possibility of pleasure to come. Now, think right now about your current mental activities. How often do you think about your partner in this way? How often do you think of your partner like there is a reward of some kind that you will have when you connect with him or her? Like, oh, I just, if I get over this rainbow, there's going to be this pot of gold at the end, right? So when you start to reflect on where the bulk of where you let your mind wander off to, my guess is it probably isn't to your partner that much. And even if it is to your partner, it's probably like whether or not they can pick up the groceries or how your partner handling most of the things at home, and who's doing what. You're making a tally list of all of the tasks in your head, right? But it's very little, if often, about connecting with them in a pleasurable way. Now, I did a brief intro uh, last episode into mindfulness, and the beautiful thing about the practice of mindfulness, and as you become more mindful, is that you become aware of all the places that your mind is wandering to each day. The mind is untamed. (laughs) for the most part, unless we're bringing a practice to tame it in. And it can go fucking bonkers sometimes, like it's like running amok like this way and that. And when we start to pay attention to it, like really, really watching where it goes, we become brutally aware of how often it is thinking thoughts that are unuseful and just downright harmful at times, especially to your relationship. So seriously, it's just wandering in this direction and that and it just doesn't service and we have, no interest at all, right? So I was talking with a client the other day about choosing our time wisely. And the last six months that we've been working together, she's really been focusing on choosing her. We've uncovered what it is she really wants more of in her life, these priorities, and what doesn't serve her and line up with the life that she's working on creating for herself. And so recently, she's really begun to notice the positive effects of this because she's able to make decisions about her time through this lens of, is this choosing me and what really matters for me? Is how I'm choosing my time right now truly what I'm trying to create more of in my life? and she schedules accordingly. And this is such a useful way of approaching your time, and we'll definitely talk about that more. But what I encouraged her to do next was to think of her mental activity, meaning her thoughts, in the same way as she was looking at her time like a currency she was spending. So where the thoughts she was using were, like, excuse me, were the thoughts that she was using worth that mental space. And we can think of it the same way when we're trying to create more intimate connection with our person. When I rest my mind, for instance, on like, let's say a negative review on the podcast or how I just wish I had more alone time or how children are so exhausting or how snow days really suck, especially when there's no snow, right? I could think about that multiple times a day, but is that serving me? is that helping me create an amazing business? Is feeling victim to my current circumstances bringing me peace of mind? Is telling myself how exhausted I am over and over and replaying that narrative, how my kids or my job or stupid Portland snow days serving me in any way? Or are they actually the thoughts that are wearing me out? do these thoughts help me get me where I'm wanting to go? And is that thought feeding into the narrative of what I am actually trying to create in this world? And the answer is no, not at all. So when you think of desire and wanting your person, how much mental space Are you dedicating to reliving the romance in your mind? How much of your attention is actually focusing on connection instead of like a tit for tat list or what they aren't doing or what they should be doing, right? Reflecting on the way, maybe instead that that person lights you up. How your body feels when you're being seduced by this person. And what you love about this person. I mean, after all, you have chosen to be with them. And you're choosing to stay in this relationship every single day. So wouldn't it be good to reflect on everything you love about this person? What you can't wait to do when you're together again? So be really honest with yourself. How often are you dedicating your mental space to creating this pleasure in your body and in your relationship? This becomes truly obvious to me when I think about vacation, right? So if I have a trip coming up somewhere grand, I like to think about it. I look forward to it. When I'm driving home in traffic, I imagine like laughing gaily with friends, think. (laughs) Yes, tell me more. That's so hilarious, right? And as I walk through another gray day in Portland, I can also imagine my bones being warmed by like a tropical breeze. My body responds to these thoughts. It tingles with excitement and warmth and like my lips just naturally curl into a smile. Now imagine what is possible if you thought about connecting with your partner in the same way. Like a warm embrace on a cold day, looking forward to it, letting your imagination begin to go there, that this is rewarding, that there's some kind of enjoyment when you see your person again, that there can be connection filled with pleasure. And then you can just think about all the kink as the day and the time approaches. Ooh, I like that. Think on the kink. Hmm. Um, now I'm not really sure <laughs> if that is like equivalent of a dad joke, like think on the kink, but anyway, I like it came out. Okay, back to the currency of the mind. So filling up your mental space on the purpose with thoughts about your lover, that enticed desire will begin to shift that aspect of longing, like wanting and looking forward to one another. I mean, how I have seriously spent some time thinking about a glass of wine at the end of the day. You know what I mean, ladies? I'm sure you do. So I know you can do this. Instead of thinking about a glass of wine, just swap that bubbly can of rosé for a nice age been together for a while partner. And the other main thing that I see with couples that have been together for a long time is that not freshness, right? So kissing a person of many years may feel safe and comfortable, but it's not really exciting and not like that first kiss, but comfortable doesn't necessarily mean mind blowing sex. Am I right? Right. So don't get me wrong, I love cozy cuddles and I love the soft embraces and I love the slow love making and there's a time and a place for that too. But what I hear most of women talking about is losing that like loving feeling, like losing their mojo, like losing that like want and that like this is just tantalizing like hotness, right? That eagerness can wear off as time goes on. And how often do we hear things like, "Well, I'll never get a first kiss again." Or wow, um, now I'm just like married to the same dick or vagina for the rest of my life. Like it's this moment of grief, right? Like sometimes we talk about being partnered with somebody for the rest of our life as this like loss of a newness when in fact you can have newness every time. It isn't true, And I'm not just talking about like the same old balls part either, right? Like you can actually approach your person with a freshness and a newness. And how fun is that? So first off, I want to remind you, again, you're choosing to be with this person. You're not forced to. You could, if you want, go and have an affair. You could go and get a divorce. You could decide to have an open relationship. You are choosing to stay. No one is forcing you. This is just a simple reminder that I like to remind myself of all of the time is I'm choosing this because when you remind yourself that this is a choice, you can feel empowered to show up the way that you want to. I'm choosing this. And because I'm choosing this, I want to choose it to be really amazing because I have made this choice. And I can also make this choice to have a hot marriage. I can choose that amazing sex is simply part of the commitment as well. So back to the newness, to the news alert. Every time you kiss, it's the first time. It is the first kiss you have had with this person in this moment, with all of the experiences that have led up to this moment in your life with these thoughts, right? Okay. I know you're rolling your eyes right now. Yeah, Danielle, but that's totally far-fetched and I get you, but it's not really a first kiss. Okay. Maybe, but really wrap your noodle around that for a moment. You have never kissed this person on this day in this moment, and you will never get to do that again, This is your one and your only chance to have hot sex on this day with your person. It is your one and only chance to connect in this particular moment in time. And as morbid as it might sound, you truly never know when your kiss will be the last one. So seize the moment. No one ends up on their deathbed saying like, God damn it, I had too many amazing kisses or I totally wish I wouldn't have had so much delicious mind-blowing sex with my lover. What a waste, right? Nobody says that. So (laughs) you can choose to do this. You can choose to make it a part of your life and I guarantee you're not gonna regret it. You're not going to think about like, oh man, I wish I would have just like, totally marinated in front of Netflix more instead of having awesome sex with my person. Okay. But for real, we can experience a kiss with a longtime lover as if it's the first time. And just a little fun fact. I looked this up just for this episode. See, I looked a few things up. It was really fun. Definitions, um, lip regeneration. So the skin cells of your lips actually regenerate every 30 days what? So even if you don't believe me that it's a first kiss, at least once every 30 days, it totally is because your lips are all new cells. Okay, (laughs) back to the beginner's mind. So as I mentioned in the first episode, one of my mentors in undergrad was a Buddhist monk. And it was this time that I was first introduced to the idea of a beginner's mind. And I didn't think much of it at the time. But when I began meditating on the regular way after college back in 2008, this I dia began to stick with me. Because as I sat on the cushion more and more, I met my breath over and over and over again. And I found a freshness to it. It was different because I was different. My meditation was different because my mind was different. And because I approached it with curiosity and fascination as if I was meeting my breath and my mind for the first time. So let's pause for a moment and think about things we do frequently. So maybe you shampoo with the same shampoo each day. Now, you know, when you first bought that shampoo at the salon, it was like, oh my God, you have to smell this. It's so divine. I have to have it, right? And over time, you may notice that you might pick up on that deliciousness just for a moment, like that first squirt of a generous amount into the palm of your hand, and then you rinse and repeat right? But the perception of that sensation diminishes. Your brain adapts. It's no longer this novel experience for you. The brain has noticed the sensation of smell. It's familiar. Nothing new to see here, folks. Same old shampoo. And automatically, you'll begin focusing on something else because it's already adapted to the smell. And it's not really of great importance. So this olfactory sensation is then put to the back of your mind and outside of your conscious awareness, because after all, that's coveted space, right? We're talking about that conscious space in the front. This mental activity is really reserved for like what the brain thinks is important. You can also think about a movie that you've watched. If you have kids, you understand how amazing Moana was the first time. And then probably by viewing number 467, you'd rather hold your hand in a pool of hot wax. Now, what is different? Well, how you're experiencing it is different. The commentary that's going on in your mind is different, right? You know what's gonna happen next. There's no mystery. There's no wondering if Maui and Moana will take it make it all the way to Tafiti or not. And you know full well that Tamatoa wasn't always so fab. Like those are just things that you know. And so you're not wondering if he was a drab little crab once. You know he was. And for the final example, I wanna bring in this idea of trying like a new dance move. So the first time you try, let's say, flossing, it's super confusing. Honestly, it's like. A lot of times I'm trying that is confusing. So it's like the hip is this way, the harm's that way, pump, okay, only twice, and then back to the other side, right? And then over time, your body just remembers how to do it. You fall into muscle memory, where a specific movement is made into a memory because it's been repeating this. Now, these are all three examples, and in my opinion, they sum up what happens often in our long-term partners. The novelty can dissipate. We have commentary about something that was once exciting and fresh and enjoyable. And finally, we tend to fall into the habits of muscle memory, that just automatic of letting our lips meet or just the way that we always have had sex, right? And for sure, when we approach our lover in this way, of course, things are going to feel mundane. Of course, they're going to start to get boring. Of course, you're not going to be eager because they're just feeling like the same old, same old. But guys, they don't have to. Now back to the concept of the beginner's mind. I love this quote. It's one of my favorites and the most used one spoken about the beginner's mind by Shinryu Suzuki. Yeah. He says, he's a Zen monk and teacher. He says, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. So if you remind yourself that you're not an expert to your lover, but you're a learner, what might change? What if you gazed upon your lover as if it was the first time you had seen them, like in such a long time, like drinking in the colors of their eyes, perhaps like you did when you first met them. Or the way one corner of their mouth rises as they move away because of nervousness. You remember that? And gazing just upon this person like they are brand new to you. You begin to approach this person like you aren't really sure what to expect. Like you don't know if perhaps they kiss with their mouth open or closed or with teeth or not or with tongue or not. You let yourself meet this person as if it is the first time with the freshness and newness and curiosity of a beginner. And instead of just thinking, oh, I know where he is going with this, you let your mind go, hmm, that feels nice. I wonder what's next. You let yourself notice the sensations and the details that maybe you've taken for granted for a while or haven't just let yourself notice. So let yourself suspend in anticipation. Instead of like priming yourself up for the next step, like, oh, I know what this is going, that's gonna get you to like that more of like a robotic orgasm, you let yourself be swept away as if it's the first time. Precious and new. And also, maybe if it's the last time, like it's fleeting and temporary, you don't know when it will come again. Do you remember when you were younger and it was like, hmm, I wonder, will those fingers move from my knee up? Or are they going to stay around my navel? Or are they going to start to move down? Notice that this is what's happening in your mind and you can still bring that kind of thinking, curiosity and anticipation and delight and wonder. They are all available now. It doesn't have to be new to let your mind be new with your lover. And as I talked about in the last episode, getting out of your head and into your vagina, it's allowing yourself to bring your mind to the sensation in your body that's strong in that moment. And when you do that, when you really become present with sensation moment to moment to moment, you're not hopping forward into the future of, I know what's happening next. I know what he or she is going to do next, right? You get to just be taken back by the experience and be along for the ride of the journey with curiosity and enjoyment. And that's what makes it new. That's what makes it fresh. Your brain can still approach a familiar person or a familiar circumstance with newness as you work on bringing curiosity to it. It's like, oh, what's happening here? Like this, okay, a little more. And then gradually you're beginning to enjoy and at the same time, you're wanting your longtime lover once again, like it's the first time. So folks, I wanna let you know it's possible. I personally feel like 16 years is a pretty good chunk of time to be with somebody. And yet I have found a way to still want the man that I married and want our connection and enjoy it. And according to couples who have been together even much longer than me and those who prioritize really good sex, this is the case for them as well. So turn this podcast off. Start thinking of your lover like you just can't wait to get home and be together again. And fill up that precious mental space with all that ooey, gooey, gushy, mishy stuff. Prime your mind, Prime your body and then fall into curiosity like it is the first time and let your mind follow each touch like you have no idea where it's going next. This is It's My Pleasure and it's been my absolute pleasure to share this episode with you and I hope it helped you find yours too. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell your friends about it and consider writing a review. I really appreciate hearing from all of you. And thank you again so much for all of your support on this new venture. If you have any questions you'd like me to address on this podcast, or if you're curious about what it would be like to work with me further, please go to daniellesavory.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-S-A-V-O-R-Y.com. Have a lovely day and happy Valentine's Day lovers.